Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Cumanera, an Excorians Points podcast. We're an all-queer cast Numenera podcast. I'm Kenny, the cast member who plays the lovable and simple lad Hillian. If you love our show, we hope you'll rate us and review us on iTunes or wherever you consume your podcasts. Every review makes Kelric, the GM and producer's eyes, sparkle and helps new listeners to find us. We don't pay to advertise any of the podcasts on the Excorians Points Network, so we hope you'll recommend us to your friends and just about anyone. Did you know that we had a Patreon? We are grateful to everyone who's already become a patron. You keep our mics on and our dice rolling. We've got some great rewards, so check them out at patreon.com slash Points. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Cuminera. I'm Kelric, the GM or narrator for this show. My pronouns are he, him. Ha, I remembered Jess. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm here today with my fabulous cast. Hi, I'm Jess, who just got scolded, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Um, my pronouns are she, her, and I play Tiuna, a mechanical nano who rides the lightning, and her pronouns are also she, her. Hello, my name is Aaron. Uh, my pronouns are they, them, and I play Rylu, a graceful glaive who speaks with a silver tongue, and they also use they, them pronouns. Hi, uh, my name is Kenny, and my pronouns are he, they, and uh, I play Hillian Jossa, an earnest jack who howls at the moon. His pronouns are he, him. Uh, after our Anine trek through the Badenu forest, we met with Tuna and, and a person named Hegbred. Uh, we made camp while Hegbred cooked. They really like their food and comforts. Oh, and he had these really delicious mushrooms. Jacques found a great place in their bag and was able to find some more for himself. Hegfred seemed to be very interested in what happened in Edredwan. <laughs> Would anyone like to add anything else? Hold on, I'm not done. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, just the cat was asking a question. <laughs> Howlian became Meowlian. I am so going to get a spray bottle. (laughs) Hegbrun seemed really interested in what happened in in, in Dreadedwan. Later that evening, I I was helping them with some things, and they pulled out this very large Numenera that was doing something very interesting. Well, after that, they bid me goodnight rather quickly. I went in and tied myself to Yuna like they asked. We sometimes play this fun sleeping game where I get tied to them. We, when we all woke up, uh, a, a large, amazing breakfast was ready for us. But Hegbert was gone. All right. So, Hillian and Rylu have woken up, and you have found, um, you have found some gifts from Hagprod left for you. I believe Hillian found some mushrooms and Rylu found a note with a, some an actual two or three page little scroll sort of thing just talking about their healing sword. So they had some information and the two of you 
chatted a bit, and we're just waiting for Tiuna to awaken and join you. Is that correct? Everyone on the same page? I also have it written down that um, on top of the information on healing Numenera, I also got instructions on how to get to Ephraim. Yes. Yes. It's basically go down the road. So perfect. You're in good shape. It's real worried I'd get lost. <laughs> go, go forward. That road, keep going. <laughs> it took a while to get get that into. I think it was passed through Hillian, so it took some time. <laughs> All right, so it is morning, and there is this wonderful breakfast smell. Everyone except for Tuna is up. Mm. Action. (laughs) Morning, Hillian. Hi. This is a great breakfast. You know, I'm amazed you're up this early. Normally I'm doing my exercises myself. Was it was it the smell? It was absolutely the smell. And Jock was really, really anxious to get out here and start eating. And Rylu does one of those like backward bend things. And then uh, walks forward and goes, I guess I can skip practice today. And sits down next to Hillian and starts eating. Aw, I was picturing you doing a backbend and then just like crab crawling in that weird position (laughs) over to Hillian to have breakfast. Like, I need a good stretch. Mm, Weird. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I don't know if I'm like that. Apparently this is today. Today is this. Wrong game, y'all. <laughs> All right, so y'all are having breakfast. Um, yeah, and so Jacques is actually on the table and like has like food, and you see Jacques kind of just like stuffing cheek pouches. Have you seen Hagrid today? I'm assuming he made all this. I think he's already gone. He's what? I mean, his current's not here. <sighs> all right, this is gonna happen. I'll go get Tuna. I feel like that's a great time for Tuna to wake up. <laughs> yeah, probably with um, Hillian like eating and moving around, the the scarf was pulling on her a little bit, and she's waking up and walking over. Why don't you do a quick perception check, Tuna? Oh yeah. So as you're exiting the tent, I think you do a quick double take as you look back in, and if you recall, you were using the scarf to keep the Numenera device wrapped up and then you had to unwrap it to tie yourself, get tied to Hillian, and it does not appear to be in your tent anymore. The scarf or the Numenera? The Numenera. The scarf is tied around your ankle. But you slept really well. Like, you feel extremely well rested. Like, maybe we were drugged? Or something. Like, maybe something was done that you slept like babies. Um, okay, yeah, Tuna will come out and say, well, we need to get on the road to Ephraimon and get the heck out of here right quick. <laughs> Tuna, just sit down and have breakfast. Hegfred uh, no. made it. Uh, Hegfred stole the new Monera device um, and is probably headed back to Adridawan, and we don't know what the range on that thing is, so... I think we should get on to Ephraimon and try to get out of range. Rylu grabs Hillian and just starts pulling him towards the Indian. <laughs> but there's right. No, we need to go now, Hillian. Let's go. <laughs> um, Tina's going to start, like, throwing everything together to get packed up as quickly as possible. Um, probably while Hillian is still, like, stuffing his face with food. Um, <laughs> 
Hillian has actually gone towards like scooping stuff off the table into a bag. <laughs> <laughs> I love it because I imagine the scene of like the anime scene where Riley's trying to pull Hillian and Hillian's doing the waving arm thing. <laughs> and somehow they're still waving arms and pulling food at them. Mm-hmm. Amazing. All right. Yeah. So y'all start getting packed up and getting ready to go. And how did he get in your tent without you knowing? Um, I think probably he drugged us because I don't know about you, but I feel all the way rested from that night of sleep. And that's not usually how I sleep. Wait. Okay. That's a different thing. First off, you need to sleep better. But also, <laughs> what do you mean he drugged us? I, well, I mean, if we slept through, I slept through someone coming into the tent and getting Numenera. I, like, I slept later than I normally do. I, we all ate the, the food that he made last night. It seems like none of us woke up to anything, to whatever he was doing, rummaging around things and making this whole spread of breakfast and not one of us woke up while he was still here. I think probably we were drugged in some way. Bet she was Numenera. So I think we need to get out of here. Whatever it was. All right. And um, Riley will help pack up after that great scene uh, of <laughs> Hilly and, and all that. Uh, we'll help pack up their stuff. And then, uh, yeah, we'll ch- ch- get the hell out of Dodge. All right. So y'all are just really quickly trying to pack everything up. If y'all can do speed rolls, it's a DC three. Nothing big. <laughs> And, of course, Rylu is stealthy. Everyone else is like, hey, just make as much noise as we ha- can because we just need to get out of here. Sure. Let's, let's, let's see what that, ha- what that happens then. Someone roll a d4. There, it's a four. Perfect. So, as you were packing up and hurriedly moving about, um, you all see... A green-skinned reptile that is slowly creeping up towards Jacques. Who sees it? <laughs> All of you see it because it is it is obviously going toward Jacques, and you all are moving around a lot, so it's it's visible. The question is, do any of you know what it is? So, if you would like to do a uh, DC two int check, then how big is it? It's it's a lizard. It's not huge. Oh, it's like a regular lizard. Oh, how about a twenty? Nice. Okay, so this is a thing called a lack, L A A K, and it is a small green skin poisonous reptile. They attack larger prey when they're in small groups, but. This is a lone one, and you know that they can leap with surprising speed and strength. They're found almost everywhere, so it's not extremely surprising to find one. Uh, The only place you don't usually find them are cold regions, and they are immune to all known venoms. Their blood is useful in various antitoxins. So this thing is uh, creeping up on Jacques. Sometimes you know, Aaron, just from your experience, so Rylu would know, sometimes they are captured when they are young and trained as vicious pets and guardians, and they can be frightened off by displays of power, such as fire, noise, and the like. Um, interesting. I feel like 
Rylu is going to okay so for my major effect and I don't know if this is I'm gonna ask uh, Hillian as well because it's Hillian's pet uh, can I be like Jacques come here and Jacques just like runs over to me before it gets within range yeah I, I feel like Jacques is I mean even though it's my pet would listen to anyone in the party okay I mean that's up to I, I don't know was that is that sound appropriate I think for a major effect if that's what you want that's perfectly fine but as soon as Jacques starts to run, the lock is going to pounce on it. Lock. lock. I like lock. Was, lock. It's a lock. A lock of hair. <laughs> um, I was hoping that it could... Um, that it could... That I'd be able to call it before it was within range, though. Uh, yeah, but it, remember, it can leap with surprising speed and distance. Yeah. So it's going to start coming really quickly. It's cool. going to give chase. Cool. And with your role, you know that if there were many of them, this would be a problem. But it's since it's just one, you're not really afraid of it. You're more afraid that it can take Jacques. It, but y'all can... I think you would feel pretty confident that you could take it if you decided to kill it rather than scare it off. Um, you said they're poisonous, yeah? They are poisonous, and their blood is used in a lot of anti-venoms. So there might be some value in collecting that if you wanted to. I'm trying to consider if I want a pet or if I want money. <laughs> do you know? What do you think? Do you care what <laughs> Riley wants with this thing? Um, I was going to ask, so do all of us know that they can be scared off with like loud noises and things, or is that just Riley who knows that? I think all of, well... I think everyone but Hillian knows <laughs> that it can be scared off with loud noises. Uh, you don't know about the value of the blood and stuff, I think. Okay. And But you, I mean, I, since they're so ubiquitous, ubiquitous to all regions except cold regions, I think all of you know that since there's only one currently, you feel pretty confident. If more show up, then it might become more of an issue. It has a TN of three and three health. I mean, okay, so uh, I feel like I don't know what our party's thoughts are on killing things. I know Ryler doesn't, like, is in one way or another. Tiana, like, when she sees it, when she sees Rylou call Jacques, like, out of range of it, is just going to, like, um, throw her arms out to get her cape to kind of, like, flutter even bigger to make herself look big um, and not try to be super loud and potentially get more people coming, but hope that, like, something big with this very bright scarf or, like, very bright um, cape will sort of scare it off and just kind of, like, stomp her feet a little bit. Because at this point, like, we're in a rush to get out of here. Mm -hmm. At least when it is, because we don't know what's going on with, like, Hegprid or if Hegprid went to the village and is already there and is going to, like, send people after us or what. Tiona just cares about getting out of here. So she'll just, like, do that very quickly, kind of stomp her feet and turn right back to, like, throwing stuff on her knee to get the heck out of here. If that doesn't work, I'll, ch I'll be like prepared to chuck my razor ring at it. Cool. Do a might roll. Let's see. I mean, you're trying to instill some fear, so let's see what happens. I, mean, I don't think it's going to be hard. Let's see. Oh, yeah, you, you scare it right off. Like, it sees that, and it leaps it, Jacques, and then it sees you, like, Batgirl yourself up and it just turns and leaps the opposite direction. It's like, nope, out. <laughs> so, 
Well done. Locke is doing a great impression of a Dilophosaurus. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. So it just turns and runs away, and it might remind you that you are in a forest where Jurassic are known to be living, and there are many, many dangers along this road. As you are packing, maybe some discretion is called for. But yes. I give Jacques some scratches while he's on my shoulder. Um, I think Hillian, like, <clears throat> this was a very quick happening tableau, and Hillian was very distracted by food and turns around and watches all of this unfolding at once. And then as soon as uh, Jacques is on um, Riley's shoulder, um, Hillian will go up to Jacques and go, Oh, you poor little thing. You have to be more careful, little Jacques. Well, it's just scratching and then hands hands Jacques over. Like, here you go, Hillian. Saved your pet. Love little Jacques. You can't let food distract you like that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So uh, you, you all start getting everything packed up. It takes you, I would say it takes you about half the time it normally takes you because you're hustling. Are you all trying to be more quiet now or are you? I'm always quiet. Yeah, well, with that role, you're definitely always quite fine. <laughs> you were fine. Um, Fiona is trying to be quiet, but at this point, her concern is speed over silence. That's fair. Okay, so all of you get everything packed up. You've got your four anine. Um, Pegprid did not take anything else, it would seem. And you're able to get on the road. So you get on the road to Ephraimon. Well, as we're um, heading out, Tiana wants to just see if she can, like, tell from tracks that Hegprid for sure went back to Edredwan, or if it seems like maybe he went elsewhere. Yeah, okay, so that's a, I guess, int, int roll uh, for tracking. So, okay. yeah, let's make that a DC three. Um, okay, and she is going to apply, uh, or I'm going to apply effort. Okay. Oh, yeah, you totally... You totally know that Hegprid definitely was heading towards the village. That's where they're going. That's what they think is important. And so that's cool. what's happening. As we're riding, Riley will go, if we get there fast enough, maybe we can get the rest of the, the order to go and stop Hegprid. I, I don't. And then just like stops. I I mean, we can let people know what's going on, but I'm not going back to Adredawan. And if they want to go back to Adredawan, like, that's up to them. I hope they were able to corral all of those anine. That, was, that stampede looked really bad. Oh, I could care less about the city personally, but honestly, I just don't want another person from the priesthood to get hurt. I don't want that on my plate. <laughs> all right, yeah. So as you're going along, Tuna, uh, in your saddle, you see a piece of parchment sticking out of it. Cool. What's it say? <laughs> Awesome. So it is a note to you from Hegprud, actually. And it says, Tuna, I know this is not likely to be a comfort to you, but I feel that the device you carry and the village's needs outweigh your distrust. I'm saddened to think that this will further your distrust in the order, but my belief is that a more experienced hand is needed in dealing with this issue. I understand the risks I am taking, and I release you and your colleagues from this obligation. Should you continue on your way to Aphromon, you will find that the local Aeon priest representative is named Gaston, and he can assist you with getting this message back to the Order. 
He will be happy to give you the order's response and set you on your next task. Upon entering Ephraimon, travel through the gates and head to the mid-tree level on the north side and find the home marked M-L-N-E, and it will have the symbol of the priesthood, just in case you had forgotten. And attached to that, you find a cipher, which has already been added to your inventory, which is a psychic reader. Okay, and then, um, I mean, I can look it up in the rule book, but does Tuna recognize the psychic reader? It would have, Hegpro would have left you a, a quick rundown of what it is. And so it's in your inventory. You can just click on it and see what it lets you do. I would like you to roll a d6 now so we can determine its level. All right, it's level one. So this particular one allows you to... Um, tell if someone is lying to you or not. And it is a one-shot use cipher. It is a headband with bangles that fall down in front of your eye, the user's eyes. And it allows you to tell if someone is lying to you or not for a short duration. And so that is Hegprud's apology gift to you and as much of an explanation as you're going to get from Hegprud currently, unless you ever see them again. Who knows? Mm, I kind of doubt it. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't know if you would choose to share this with anyone else or not, but that was within your pack and set up so that you would find it. Um, Yeah, as we're like, if if I find out while we're already like on the road, she'll sort of (laughs) lean over and say like, yes, Hegfried did say that they took the the Numenera and headed back to Adredawan because they feel like we're just, we just weren't good enough to do it right. So they decided that they had to go try. I mean, honestly, are we galloping or are we just strolling? I mean, we'd be, uh, Tiana would have like led us on a pretty, not exactly like super quick pace, but we're not strolling slowly. Like we're trying to get the heck out of here. I mean, honestly, we aren't the best or most experienced priests and it's out of our hands and that's all that really matters. I'm, I never said we were the best. I'm just saying that clearly Hegfred never believed us about what a danger it was. So if Hegfred wants to go get himself killed out there, that's fine. He can, he's, he is welcome to do it. Uh, right now, our main concern is hoping that we're out of range of that device because it, we don't know if it's going to be activated or exactly what it'll do when it is. Um, and we can't go to Ephraimon yet. Riley will squint over at Tuna and just be like, well, what you're saying is practical. This is also why we don't let you talk to people. And then, like, giddy up a little faster. I mean, I'm not the one who did this, but okay. <laughs> if you uh, shared the prayer of <clears throat> liturgy with uh, Hillian, I imagine it's so prolific in our order that they actually have it to a tune. And so Hillian is just, you know, and just like humming the tune of the liturgy. (laughs) Awesome. So you are roughly two days out from, or, you know, two days ride, two nights rest from Ephraimon, which y'all are aware of. And so you'll be on the road for the next two-ish days. So are you all planning on stopping for meals? Are you eating in the saddle? How, are you letting the Anine rest at all? What is your plan here? 
I would think that, do any of us have experience with a neen? Do we know how hard we can push in a neen? I think all of you rolled well enough on the writing skill that it in you know enough about a neen to know that they're they're pretty hardy beasts and they can go a pretty decent speed. If you push them to go a faster speed, you are less stealthy, and so you will draw more attention. If you go at a slower speed and stop to care for them more, then you're able to be stealthier. It just takes you, you know, a little longer to make your journey. It's up to you which what you think is most important. I think the way that, and please feel free to correct me, but I, the way that we've been talking and acting, that we're probably pushing like hard the first day, and then the second day probably not so much. We just want to get as much distance between us and that place now. Okay. So... The first day, you're pushing pretty, pretty hard. I would like... Who has... Well, I think we know who has the best speed defense. Who has the worst speed ability? I have 15. Oh, then I do. Minus 12. Okay. So I would like the two of you, the highest and lowest, to roll your um, speed defense. And this will be your stealth and since you're going fast, it's going to be a DC 4, which is... Actually, no, since you're going fast, I think a DC... No, I think a DC 4 is reasonable. DC 4. So you have to beat a DC 4. So I actually have 14 points in speed, so Hillian has more speed than me. So is it going to be Hillian and Jess rolling? Yes. Oh! Nice. <laughs> Perfect. And I'm going to apply effort. <laughs> <laughs> ah, rolling balls today okay well <clears throat> I would say that Tiuna is doing a fantastic job leading you all in your merry little <laughs> race against possible transformation and Hillian is getting so distracted because it's really, really hard to control Hillian's anine for him. So as you are going along, you hear some pretty mighty crashing ahead of you in the forest off to your left. Probably about 60 feet away. But because Tiuna is so in tune with what's going on and paying attention to the forest, Tiuna is able to get Rylu's help. And you all have heard this crashing before as you were running through the forest. And you recognize it as the sound of a Jurassicar crashing towards you. You have a lot of time to figure out what you're going to do. It is far enough away and coming towards you because of that nat 20 that you have time to try and pull off the road and hide or do something before this Jurassicar might find you. What do you do? Since I got that major effect, um, I would like us to pull off the road and hide. And would it be possible for the major effect to be that like, another animal or something runs by and like distracts it and leads it away. 
I think that is perfectly reasonable. I think, yeah, a nat 20, I'm going <laughs> to, yes. You can say <laughs> flying saucer came and took it, and I'd be like, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Yes, you're avail- available to avoid this Jurassic. Uh, but you do see it, and you see that it's a slightly immature one. It's you know, it's not as big as you as the previous two that you saw. It's just sort of running along, and what you see it chasing basically is like four or five of these those lock that you had seen uh, earlier, and it's just sort of following after them, sort of playing, mostly trying to eat them. <laughs> it's kind of cute. <laughs> in a horrifying <laughs> predator way. <laughs> With the 20, would it actually be possible for um, where the, the little lock lead it to be just like kind of behind us on the trail so that if someone were happened, if, if someone did happen to be like following us on this trail, the Draskar would now be blocking their path for a little while. Like they could probably easily like distract it from there. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, the the lock come bounding out sort of in front of your area by about 20 feet onto the road and the Draskar just bursts through the trees there and they turn and they start running down the road in your direction but you all have found a nice hiding place and they are of course terrified and they just keep running down the road because it's super clear before you know, they pass you by another 40 feet and the Jurassic just slams down the road after them. And then they sort of split off in other direction, in, in either direction, and the Jurassic doesn't know which way to follow. And so it's sort of hesitates and then it just keeps going down the road looking for prey. So, Perfect. Yeah. You. Yeah, it keeps the road behind you slightly clearer. And being intelligent (laughs) individuals you decide to wait until it's out of sight before you come out of your hiding and continue on your way hurrah you rolled a natural 20 and you are fine (laughs) (laughs) except for all those natural ones yeah i need to reset my dice i don't know what's going on (laughs) um i think as we're as we continue onward unless something else happens um, Riley would pull up next to Tuna and um, alright so I think we know what day is coming up soon and we need to stay outside of town but I think it's also important to reach out to the order do you want me to go into town while you and Hillian stay out and I'll, of course I'll come back but just while you guys stay out on the outskirts I'll travel inward um, yes I think that would be fine alright I'll reach out to the order and tell them that we ran into uh, Hagrid, and tell uh, him, tell them that we think that he's in danger and where he headed. But that's all. And I will try to get us some supplies from the town as well, and uh, send off our message. And then I will come back. Um, of course, that's tomorrow. But just good to always have a plan. Yes. Something else to keep in mind is that I think this would be a, an excellent time to practice discretion. <laughs> We want them to know where Hegfred went and that Hegfred has a dangerous Numenera device and went back to Adrenaron where they are they are aggressive toward Eon Priest and that Hegfred might be in danger. But I think as little information as you can share 
to get that point across would be best at this point. So maybe no making promises, no just volunteering unnecessary details, as discreet as you could be about this, I think would be the way to go. Rylu does that teenager rolls their eyes dramatically, tilts their head back, everything, and just goes, I wasn't even going to mention the Numenera device, and I still don't plan on it. If you would like, though, you can storm in there and tell them all about it and then just leave. It's not as tactful as I would suggest, but... I mean, you can try to insult me all you like. It's not going to work because I don't care what you think about me. All I'm saying is that these, this town is already in so much danger. Hegford is in danger. Now is not really the time for this attitude. Now is the time to be careful. So you can take that attitude wherever you want because it doesn't bother me any. I have bigger concerns. You try to have one decent conversation with the person and uh, Riley will just like roll, like will slow down there. I mean, to be back with where I assume Hillian is and just like start like talking to Hillian. Well, I think actually Hillian hears the escalation in, in volume and comes in. So <clears throat> do we know what we're doing for dinner tonight? Uh, yeah, we'll probably eat some of the food that you threw into your bag. Your bag has um, to be gross. We need to clean that out, too. I don't know how much is left. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, we'll hopefully find something. And we we do still have some provisions left over, right, from travel and stuff. Oh, y'all only spent one night in Hagprud provided dinner, so you all have yeah, all so of we, the rations. You're fine. Yeah, we still have plenty of provisions. We'll... we'll We'll find food. Um, and hopefully, Tina would have, like, grabbed Hillian's provisions once she saw Hillian, like, pour a bunch of food in their bag and be like, no, I, and I have, like, two people's worth, so we'll be fine. <laughs> by two people's worth, I mean, like, one night for Hillian. <laughs> oh, is that a, okay, so pause. Is that a mechanic? Like, do you consume double the amount of food, or can we make that a mechanic, even though it's negative? <laughs> uh, Hillian is a medium-sized beast when in beast form. So... <laughs> Fair. Oh, Isn't God, medium-sized. Because, like, Tuna knows that Hillian gets really hungry in the days leading up to it, so, like, she tries to keep the food away so that she has it ready to, like, keep him nearby. He'd be like, oh, are you wandering off? But what about this food that I have? <laughs> Aren't you interested in this food? Yeah, th that's a part of why Hillian sleepwalks is because they're hungry. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And I love that as you get closer to your howling at the moon phase, you do get hungrier, almost like pubescent teen who's about to get a growth spurt and so people have to protect the amount of rations that are there or you will just eat three times the amount of food as a normal person I kind of love that again I will remind you you just saw Jurascar but Tuna and Rylu can't seem to help themselves but to argue and get loud like siblings who can't control themselves. I didn't say we were yelling. Rylu never yells. They just are sassy. <laughs> yeah, Tiana definitely wasn't yelling because Rylu was not worth that to her. She was just sort of like, <laughs> you can take that attitude and you can get right the hell out of this face. <laughs> I imagine that both Tiana and Rylu are very skilled at the <laughs> type of communication. <laughs> 
It, there's definitely a lot of like under her breath muttering for Tina. A lot of that. If that's what you want to be about. <laughs> I love, I love this. <laughs> it's my favorite. We're basically like Tina and Riley are basically like parents who despise each other, but don't want our poor precious baby to know that. <laughs> so like, if it's just us two, we're ready to like tear each other's throats out. But the second Hillian rolls up, we're like, come here, my sweet baby. <laughs> Are you okay? Tell me what you need. I will give you anything in this world. <laughs> see, I love that you see it that way because I kind of see it like, because uh, I assume Tuna's what, mid-20s-ish? Probably like late 20s, early 30s. Yeah, and Rylou's like, what, 17, 18? So I feel like it's an older sister, younger sister, well, sibling, older sibling, younger sibling thing, where it's like, why are you always so mean to me all the time? You know what? This is ridiculous. I just want to hang out and be nice, and you're so mean. I do see Rylu is that kind of innocent, actually, in this interaction. Like, <laughs> it's clueless as to how infuriating they can be. <laughs> yeah, that's how I see Rylu. <laughs> that's amazing. Oh, I do love that. Awesome. Anyway, so, fine. You all managed to keep it to a moderate tone, but Hellion is tuned in enough to know <laughs> that, oh, Maybe I need to be present for just a moment. Hillian needs attention. <laughs> Hillian's baby. Come here, sweet baby. I'll give you all the attention you need. <laughs> and that is your road trip for the rest of today. And um, as you're reaching a, roughly a normal day's travel, you see another rest area or night overnight space like you left this is again you're two nights out so you have tonight and tomorrow night before you get to Ephraimon and you notice that this one is a little bit more built up like the other was more of a secluded clearing and just kind of a semi-private place with a fire pit, fire pit area that was not as built up because it's pretty far from the city this one you see it has like a low like quarter wall and if you start camping there then you notice other amenities to it that are in place do you choose to pull over or are you going to try and just keep going through the night how far have we gotten you've roughly gotten a little bit more than a third of the way to your destination because you have tonight and if you push through then the night, then you'll be roughly um, half a day, but you'll have had zero sleep to be able to, and the Indians will have had no sleep. Tuna, do you think we should, st you know that device better than anybody. Do you think we should keep going? Um, I think that we have to stop. Um, we need we need to rest and we need to let our Indian rest. Um, and we should come up with a, a better plan than just, you'll meet us in a couple of days. Um, this would be a good time for us to, to talk. And then Hilly and I can maybe try to wait here or as close to here as possible while you go on to Ephraimon. And then we can try to figure out maybe like some landmarks around here where you can meet back up with us in a couple of days. Uh, is Hillian near us? I think Hillian's probably hitching the Anines up and um, getting some, some water sacks out so that they can go and you know refuel for us. I mean, at this point, Hillian's probably never more than, like, six feet away because 
Tiona is not untying that indestructible scarf for any reason. Oh, even during the day? No. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, so Riley will like get a little too close and personal because they need to whisper and they'll be like, do you think you can find enough food for Helena out here on your own? I, I know you can, but I'm like, do you think the resources are available? Um, I do think resources are available. We'll, there, there's tons of wildlife out here. I think the real problem will be making sure Hillian doesn't go after something too big. Do you need me back before then? I can continue riding through the night if we need to. Um, I mean, if, if you think you can make it, it, it wouldn't hurt. Like, it would definitely help to have another person here to help me wrangle Hillian. But I also, like, if you need a break, then you need a break. It's not going to do any good to anyone to have you, like, passing out when you get there. All right, I'll rise before everyone tomorrow and I'll travel on my way. Um, I think if you, do you want to meet back here or do you want to, are you, or are you two continuing forward? I'll try to keep Hillian as close to this clearing as possible. And when Hillian wanders off, because that will happen, I'll track him down and we'll, we'll come back here. So, or as close to here as we can, because I, I am still worried that the people from Adrenaline are going to come up this road looking for us. So if, if we're not here, when you get back, I'll try to leave some sort of like signs or something for you to find where we went to. Okay, and Rylu starts to step away and pauses and like gets just a little past Tiuna to where like they can leave and goes, I like it when we work together. And then like walks off and like pitches their tent. <laughs> all right, so real quick clarification. You all are two nights away from there. This is your first night. So if Rylu gets up in the morning and leaves early, they would still have to go a full day and night and then part of the next day to get to Ephraimon. Okay, that's right. I was thinking this was the, the last night, <clears throat> but you're right. So then basically that whole plan, but for tomorrow night. We'll go, we'll make it like the next clearing and then... Oh, okay, that. I thought you were wanting to stay this far back. Like I genuinely thought you wanted uh, Hillian this far from town. I mean, that would be ideal, but we also don't want to make... Um, Rylu have to travel two days both ways just to find us. Like the right. quicker we can get Rylu back to us would be probably better. Rylu's the a team, they'll are. do it. <laughs> the further away we are, the more Jurassic between us and the town. <laughs> yeah. And other things. It's not like Jurassic are the only things you have run into in this forest that will kill you. <laughs> what are the names of those cute puppy things? Suskies. Suskies. I want one so bad. Me too. <laughs> Could have had one. Give you the chance. <laughs> okay, first off, Hillian would eat a Suski the first chance that. Better the Suski than you? But whatever. Sure. <laughs> um, okay, so do we want to just retcon that to next night? Because I actually thought that, like, Rylu being way overconfident and just doing that sounded about right. Totally fine. So. Anyway, for this night, as you get your camp set up and you explore, you see that there are built into this little quarter wall, little areas for you to put up torches so that you can have better lighting throughout the night if that's what you want. There are, uh, there's the fire pit. There are, there's actually a latrine area that's, you know, reasonably far from camp, but still sort of in a protected space. Like it's, it has camping amenities it's like it's the difference between just going 
camping with your friends and just finding a spot and going to a camping area where you can pull off the road and you're like, oh, yeah, here's the here's my camping spot. And then, you know, 50, 60 feet away, there's another camping spot for other people to camp out and stuff. Y'all can get set up and everything's pretty easy. If you spend some time looking at the wall, you'll notice that it has different herbs packed around it that seem to, you know, repel insects and other such things. So you're in pretty decent shape. Um, um, okay. Well, I was going to say, after what happened last night, I think it'd probably be, a, uh, I think we, I, uh, Riley would want to set up a watch after what happened last night. Seems reasonable. I think Hillian would go around the area just investigating because the seeing the Jiraskar and then the other uh, creature that tried to eat Jacques, um, they'd want to kind of know if this was a safer space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, do a quick int check to see what you find. Ugh. You feel perfectly safe. That's awesome. Everything's great. Awesome. A two is going to tell you that everything is Everything is awesome. Cool. Hillian is blissfully unaware of anything. For the guard watch, since there's only two of us that we're willing to leave alone, uh, <laughs> do we just want to do uh, Tiuna and then, or Rylu and then Tiuna and then just two hours unguarded? Either that or like have a short night anyway. So not try to get like a full eight hours of sleep. So that, that way we're not spending too much time stationary in this camp especially on this road where anyone could easily find them um so let let hillian sleep through as much of the night as possible but the two of us maybe do like three or four hours each and then just get right back on the road in the morning does that give us ill effects uh game wise call uh i think for this one it is going to you will all lose the first recovery roll for your next day, except for Hillian. If Hillian gets a full night's sleep, Hillian, but the rest of you just consider it having used one recovery roll so far. I'm fine with that. Okay. Cool. So we'll both we'll take like a four hour watch throughout the night. Yeah. Okay. Is Hillian okay with this? Is Hillian. I think Hillian's fine with it, but I, they're. Um... So when things are set up, um, they'll sit around whatever, like if they have a fire, then they'll sit around the fire, whatever. But um, you'll notice that Hillian is very circumspect and quieter than normal and just seems to be watching the moon. Tina keeps trying to distract Hillian with snacks. <laughs> I, I think uh, Hillian will, will like eat, but not because they want to. Like they, they're, they're doing it because it's, you know, put in front of them and they're kind of a machine at this point but that's concerned but like they aren't happy that's reasonable have we seen this before or is this a new development um i don't know like I, you've been around him for several months but i don't know that you've been that in tune well and i think and this is a slightly different interaction because hillian is trying to see the moon through the forest canopy but it's very thick and the trees are constantly moving, and you have that... I don't know if it's unnerving to you all or not at this point, but you hear the trees just creaking in the wind as they are being blown in, in the top of the trees. So it's not a quiet night. It's 
I mean, you've been in here now for a couple of days, so you may have become slightly accustomed to it, but it, the, the creaking of the trees is not comforting. And for Hillian, if looking at the moon as transition is coming upon them is important or focusing in some way, not being able to see the moon, I can see being a little upsetting. Yeah, like if you're if you're watching Hillian closely, like you'll notice that they may even be shedding a tear or two. Oh, Tiana's definitely trying to comfort Hillian and like asking what's wrong and if they're okay. Hillian doesn't respond too much, uh, but um, he'll he'll he may say something like, "I don't, I just, I, I feel empty." Rylu, I feel like Rylu tries to get uh, Hillian to talk about their. Favorite adventure. Riley tries to coax Hillian into, oh, Hillian, you you remember that story you started telling me a while back uh, about insert details here that you want to make up. Um, sure. I, tell me, tell me more. I, I I don't know if Hillian responds, but Riley's definitely trying to get him to be like, oh, reminiscent, and tell me this thing. I, I think that Hillian will play along with the distraction a bit, and uh, he'll say, well, if if I remember correctly, I, I was young. And and when when I was little, or um, I, I would play, and we, we would go hunting, and there were other people with me, and it it was a lot of fun. And then they would go off into this story um, that you you you've heard some details of, but not a whole lot about. And um, they won't they won't be able to recall any names or any like concrete details, but they'll talk about the animals that they've seen especially ones that sound like the Sesky. Uh, and they'll talk about, um, you know, pride in, in having, like, found these creatures and hunting them. Um, and then they'll kind of trail off before they go to bed. Like, the before they fall asleep, they'll, they'll start talking. And then when they fall asleep, they'll um, start saying, I miss Jacques. Rylu, I don't know if Hillian like walks off when that happens and goes to bed or if it's like a whole process of us, you know, getting the tents together and everything, but Rylu just kind of like looks down and stares at the ground a little bit and I don't know if anyone hears them, but they're just like, this time is going to be worse than before. Hillian's going to bed then? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Tina, are you following so you can tie them up or are you disturbed and sitting outside the tent for a bit? What are you doing? Um, yeah, Tiana will first make sure that Hillian is tied um, so they can't, like, escape in the night and then might go, like, sit outside their tent and maybe even, like, when it's Riley's watch, just try to sleep, like, right outside Hillian's tent and not even, like, set up her own. Okay. So you two get some sleep. And Aaron, why don't you roll just a... an check and let's see if anything happens throughout the night. Cool. I'll apply some effort too. Okay. And, uh, so 16 plus the effort. Yeah. So with a 16, your watch is completely uneventful. I think you hear from Hillian's tent, just lots of tossing and turning and maybe some some mumbling, but nothing that's super loud. I don't think, yeah, with the 16, I think Hillian 
doesn't yell out or anything. He's just, you can tell that he's not sleeping great. Like, something's going on. Tuna, you just, Tuna is not going to sleep super well just because it's not a comfortable place. It's not a great position. It's it's just an okay night. It's sort of like that first night of being in your 30s and sleeping on the ground and realizing, I'm too old for this. Yeah, I need to bring a cot next time because this is ridiculous. This is a young person's thing. And so you're going to wake up a little stiff, a little cranky, but, you know, semi-rested with your the amount of sleep you got. You and Tuna and Riley will have that moment of, of Riley waking Tuna up and y'all talking about anything that happened and then swapping places. Nothing? Okay. Oh, I'm, I mean, if nothing happened overnight, we probably would just be like, yep, all clear still. All right, I'll wake you up in a couple hours. Okay. Yeah, just making sure you didn't want to have a conversation with Hillian completely out. So Rylu is going to take the exact same spot that Tuna was in to make sure Hillian stays there, or where are you sleeping? Okay, so our tent's big enough for only one person, like the tents we have? No, they're big enough for uh, two people, plus a dangerous new Monera that if you accidentally touched it in your sleep could transform everyone and possibly everything in the who knows what radius that you know you all slept in the other night. So I think it's fine. Perfect. Um, so I think that uh, Riley would actually go in the tent because uh, they trust Tiuna to keep us safe and um, and would like tie up their arm or leg or whatever the regular position is and go to sleep in the tent. Okay. So let's see what happens during Tiuna's watch. Um, do you want to? Do you have anything that you want to set up um, that Tiuna does that? you know, gives you some sort of bonus for this kind of watch. I don't know if Tuna has anything. I know you've got your scan ability and stuff, but I don't know if you have anything else that you can can do to help you out here. But whatever it is, go ahead and make your your roll to see if anything happens. Um yeah, Tuna has scan and sense magic and would probably just in general like do both of those things and maybe mm-hmm. like walk the perimeter really quickly to make sure nothing seems out of the ordinary before like picking a spot with a good vantage point and just getting up every couple of minutes to walk the perimeter again and just keep an eye out. Okay. So for that, I would give you advantage on this role and in Numenera advantage basically means it drops the difficulties down by a step, just okay. add plus three to whatever it is you roll and we'll, you know, determine if anything happens from there. Okay, and I'm also going to apply effort. Okay. <laughs> cool. Nothing so happens. <laughs> so, yeah, a 10, totally even night. Nothing happens. You are hearing Hillian still having a pretty disturbed slumber, struggling his way through the night. He's asleep, and he's not trying to come out of the tent. He's just tossing and turning. And it seems like Rylu is having a bit of a issue with sleeping as well. Like, I don't know if they're picking it up from Hillian or what, but you're hearing some... Just the tent is very... You can tell that the people in there are not sleeping great. 
do me a favor and please roll an int check. And I would like the difficulty, just so you are aware, to be... The difficulty is going to be a difficulty two. So if you can drop it by six points, you don't even have to roll. I mean, I might be able to drop it. What is it in reference to? Like, would it be like Numenera related? Yes, it is Numenera related. Okay, I do have understanding Numenera as a skill. Mm -hmm. So that would drop it to a difficulty one. So three. Um, I do also have... I mean, specifically healing Numenera, but I don't know if that's what's in what what it's in reference to. Mm -mm. Um, and then, like, sense magic, if there's something active in the area. Nope, not that. Okay, so maybe just down to a three. Okay, so you do have to roll. Um, and I'll still go ahead and apply effort, just in case. If you apply effort, you don't even have to roll. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you just oh, yeah, that's true. lose the effort. <laughs> All right, so as you are taking your watch... You are just walking around and, you know, as you're bored, you know, things to keep you awake, you like check your pack, you, you all of those sort of fidgety things you have to do when you didn't sleep great in the first place. You're stiff and so you're having to move around and there's a lot of back bends and trying to crack your thing and complain about, you know, just oh, that. And then as you're searching your pack, you find that battery that you found when you came out of the tree. And you spend a little bit of time looking at it, just something to, you know, fidget with in your hand. If you could, yeah. So with this, just roll me a, roll a, another int check for me real quick, please. Oh yeah, with the 14, you are, you're just spending this time by yourself and you're looking at this battery and... You recognize this battery, actually. It, it, you know, something comes to your mind and you're like, wait a minute, this was your battery. If you look, you have a, an item, a, a bag, I believe, that has some stuff in it. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Just my, my bag of batteries? Yeah. I mean, it's just a, a bag of batteries and it's something like there's... Uh, just like a bag of random batteries, and there's always a chance that if I come across some sort of device that requires power, one of my batteries will will fit it. Yeah, and you remember using this expended battery at some time in your past. And so that is something that I think you ruminate on as you are walking around for the next hour of your watch, is that you realize this battery is... This is mine. Do I remember specifically what I used it for? That would be a... You rolled a 14? Mm -hmm. um, I think you would recognize it as a battery that you used when you first met Hillian. Hmm. Like one that I used on Hillian's um, egg machine or just like in general, I used it around that same time on something unrelated to Hillian. On something unrelated to Hillian. Interesting. Did we establish where we were when we first met Hillian? We all know how you all met, but we have not talked about it yet on the show. Okay. That is something to you know, maybe bring up through conversation and role play. That is 
Yeah, that is what happens through your night. And then it is morning. It is time for everyone to get up and get ready to get on the road. I know this isn't canon, but I love the idea that Tiyuna has gone through and marked every single battery. So that way everybody, like if if, if uh, she or someone else ever comes across it, it's like, yeah, Tiyuna fixed this. <laughs> <laughs> if she's marking batteries, if anything, it's probably the sigil of her mentor. Because that's, she also has that like um, tattooed on her. Um, which I don't think Killian or Riley would have seen at this point. But if she's marking up batteries, it's probably with that sigil. I don't know if she is. I just thought it was a funny image. I, d- I do also like that image. I'm just like, every time she gets one, she like gets out a little marker and is like, and now everybody knows. <laughs> <laughs> and I absolutely love that idea. And I think on that note, as everyone is, as Tuna is going to be getting everyone up, is where we will stop for today. I would like to say thank you to everyone for checking out our show. And I'm Kelrick. I am the GM. You can find me at EQ Points or at Cormalon on Twitter. And Jess. I'm Jess. You can find me on Twitter at WriteJessR. That's W-R-I-T-E-J-E-S-S-R. Um, or you can find all of my social media links and all of the various things that I do. I'm not going to go through the list every time because it's getting ridiculous. Um, you can find it all on my website, writejess.com, W-R-I-T-E-J-E-S-S.com. Hi, I'm Aaron, and uh, I you can find all my stuff at Space Persona on Twitter. And by all my stuff, I exclusively mean the one thing, which is this. <laughs> Hi, I'm Kenny. You can find me on Twitter at PunderDrone. I'm doing some all sorts of amazing things. So if you follow me there, I will be pasting all of my stuff across the board. So you'll 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 see it if you follow. Excellent. And thank you once again. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to Cumanera, an Excorians Points podcast. Are your ears burning for another podcast? We cannot recommend enough checking out our sister podcast, Roll to Fail. There are six friends who have no business behind the mic, or even rolling dice. If you like what we create, then you should check out our other two podcasts on our network. The original Excorience Points podcast is a Starfinder game that releases every Wednesday. Stay up to date on all three Excorience Points Network podcasts at EQ Points on Twitter and on excoriancepoints.com. Pardon our dust as I continue updates on the website. Thank you so much for listening.